evening guys welcome back to season two of shades of reality kicking off this season is a very very special guest by the name of sir terry wallen <laughs> terence de Mors. thanks for having terence me terence wallen terence wallen sorry yeah um is it terence you're rather terence come what you like yeah along along you talk to me yeah <laughs> founder of um how many bloody organizations you're you're like a you know, a powerhouse, <laughs> you've got a lot going on. Uh, businesses, humanitarian, author, community leader, like yeah. inspiration. You've got a lot going on. So come on, tell us. Yeah, I've, 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 I was fortunate enough to, you know, to, to do well and to throw myself into, into a good life and a good career from early. So I've been, you know, great parents um my mum's always raised us well so business and community and love and people has always very much been my foundation so i've just literally just built from there because those key things are aspects of any successful business or any successful person so that's how it started you know yeah so you think it comes down to like values and like yeah 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 because you can't stop using them can you you in every strength of life, yeah. those things have to come into play. Definitely. And once you've got them, you've got them. Do you think that um, creates a kind of, is, do you think that can be a line of defence in a community as well? Having those morals and standards and, you know, yeah, it's kind a, of values about what it's a, it's a massive line of It's a massive line of strength. Um, I'm not sure about defence, but I know it's a ma- massive line of strength to have strong morals and to understand your value from young, growing up. And I think once you embrace those things, and I've always embraced this, I've always sort of loved the me, loved the fact that I'm a, I'm a young black man, loved all those things, and all those things have played a major part in, um, in my success, to be fair. So you've always been like that as a child? Yeah, ask anybody about me, Terry's always been... Do you think that was installed, installed in you from your parents and your environment? I think the foundations were, certainly. Already. Yeah, always yeah. to love myself. And yeah. then as I got older, you know, I, I had good mentors, good support systems, which then sort of just nurtured. It's important. Nurtured all those things that I already had. You know what I mean? Yeah. So tell us, you from Birmingham? Hans- I am. Hansworth? I am. <laughs> Hansworth, born and bred. Um, yeah, man. As it can, in the, you know, in the media, can has drawn negative and positive. Yeah, yeah. Some people have come from it that, you know, create a negative kind of... Mm. I wouldn't say they've created it, you're, but... You're going to get it everywhere, though, affiliation, right? yeah, kind of thing. How did you manage to kind of... kind of black all that out, considering you're from inner-city Birmingham, you know, culture, Ooh. and how did you kind of navigate... You, how did that, that not affect you in a certain way? Because it has affected certain people that I know of, and... Yeah. It has an effect certain people, some people, yeah. you, you know, they've still made something, but how would you say, especially for the kids today, mm-hmm. it's harder, I think, for them, don't you think? Yeah, there's some element of listening to the outside world, so listening to the outer you rather than the inner you, that can then distort your own thinking. So um, it didn't it didn't plague me, because I've, I've always used whatever I've learned, whatever experiences, the journey, I've always used those as a positive, yeah. as part of a journey. So I, I grew up like in the 70s, so it was the year, it was the, it was the era of Rasta. 
So that was a, the era of Rastafari was always about love, community, yeah. sharing. And was, and, tribes and yeah, stuff. it was always yeah. positive. It was always positive. So that's what, that's what I know. Mm -hmm. So um, the fact that I'm from Hansworth, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily a... Uh, from Hansworth, I don't really play into people's connotations of what they believe Hansworth Narratives to, or what they believe Hansworth to be. Yeah, that are made up, yeah. Like, any, like, any, anywhere. like anywhere else in the world, yeah, you know what I mean? True. You get great people from everywhere. Yeah, most, of the, most of the greats were never from, you know... The nicest, pla the nicest exactly, places. Exactly, the nicest places. So, that. <laughs> And it's that, it's that very journey that's helped us to, Definitely. to do well. Like, and I love Hansworth as well, Carl. Yeah. Hansworth is my place, you know? Yeah, it's a big, it's a community. I used to work there. Okay. Um, it is a beautiful community, man, it really is. I work there, so it's different. I think okay. When you're working there, yeah. living there, and I think in the environment, I, I was working in game gambling. I was working okay. with one of the bookmakers, so I don't know different experiences. But my ex-boyfriend come from around there, and he was very so community. Yeah. He's from Westminster Road, so he is so people community. Yeah, man. So I knew that's where he's. Do you know what I mean? There's some. Tell. There is some truth I believe in that. I'm also born and bred in Westminster Road. And okay. I think everybody from Westminster Road has a sense of greatness. Yeah. And I think everyone, and I'm, I'm, people might disagree with this, but everyone who went to Westminster School, there's a sense of something about that school and about that teaching, that teaching methods, and about the teachers in that school that's, that's really engraved in many... Like, some people that I know went to Westminster School are outstanding individuals. And I really believe that the school and the teachers in that school played a major, major part in, in our growing up. Enough of us as well, not just me. Like lots of us that went to Westminster School, so Westminster School took the one up. You know? Does it still hold its values? You think? I don't really. Well, uh, somewhat. It's changed though. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, somewhat. You know, I've done some stuff with the school recently myself. So um, obviously, it changes. Teachers change. Yeah. Teachers retire. But um, certainly back then, it was a school like to contend with in terms of its depth, not necessarily its its educational greatness, but its depth in terms of individuals people, young people, standards, worth, values. I think Westminster School did so much for loads of us. Big up Westminster School. Big up Westminster <laughs> School. <laughs> I'm going to go on to your mum had a, your mum passed away recently. Yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, she had a plaque, she, had a, she opened, sorry, she had a plaque, she got her own centre, hasn't she? Yeah, Community yeah. centre. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that, because that's really... You know. Okay, so um, my yeah, my mother passed away um, a few months back, and in honour of because I've always done stuff around legacy anyway, that's my thing. I did it from my brother Stead as well, who passed away in 2017. So um, yeah, my mum mum passed away, and in in terms of her legacy, I know my mum was a very key individual in Hansworth at Westminster School. She's done over 50 years service at the school. So in honour, um, I approached the school. And I said, listen, my mum's passed, obviously, and it's something I want to do for her. And so we sat down, myself and the head, and we discussed you know, a few things that you know, could be done and how it, can, how it could practically be done, you know, how it could financially be done and all other bits of it. And because my mum was a dinner lady at school, as well as she was a playground assistant, she was also a dinner lady, so the dinner hall was kind of an ideal place to remember my mother through. Yeah. Everyone remember my mum as, as a dinner lady. It just so happens that the, the, the what was the dinner hall at my, in my time is no longer a dinner hall. So we had the dinner, we had the old dinner hall refurbished. Okay. And did up um, now for, for young people that need 
sort of extracurricular support. Oh, that's really and, But the kitchen, the kitchen is still, a, not the same kitchen, but the kitchen remains. Kept the kitchen because that's kind of prominent to what Mrs. Wallen is about. Yeah, because so she's in the kitchen. Right, okay, so yeah. the kitchen's the same, but the rest of it's changed somewhat. So, um, yeah, and we named it the Gloria Wallen Hall in a massive flow of celebrations with... Yeah, I've seen it on in, in, yeah, social media. Myself, the, um, the, my brothers, sisters, my nieces, my nephews, the grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And it's a great legacy to have in Handsworth that, you know, now the, which stands, you know, so I always say, as of myself, like, I will become part of the history that the future will read about but yeah. because I, I make my mark. And same, my mum made her mark. So that, so now, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, the kids, the kids' kids, and the grandkids' grandkids, and they also, and they'll always say, Mrs. Wallen, my grandmother, or my great grandmother, my great great grandmother, that school, that school hall is named after her. Yeah. And that's just a beautiful legacy yes, to live. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I work closely with the school to ensure that, that, you know, that's maintained and kept going. So just, yeah, it's part of the whole legacy thing, you know what I mean? Um, talk about making your mark. Mm -hmm. You have surely made a mark this year, haven't you? Somewhat. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so Terry Terence Wallen has um, got an article in Forbes magazine. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Terry. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, I man. Go on to your author, your, your, yeah. your, your, you know, biographies. Man from hands Tell hip me forth. how that come about. Tell me how you got to, you know. You know, like I say to lots of other people, like. This is all still part of a journey, and I, I people, I, people tend to see the wins, right? Because the wins is what's shown, but it's all part of a journey. Mm -hmm. So I would not have hit Forbes had I not worked tirelessly for the last 30, mm -hmm. 35, 40 years. I would never understand. I would never have hit Forbes at this stage. So it's all work and business and entrepreneurship and becoming financially stable and all the other bits that come with it and having a strong family and being a good father and all the other bits that come with making making me a man. Mm -hmm. What so Forbes like I kinda see Forbes as just another layer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's the height of in terms of financial success and popularity now. But it's just just part of my journey. Like yeah. next year I'll be Trump, I don't know, I'll, yeah. my, I'll, we'll take down the Trump building in Manhattan and put up, put up the Terry it's building. <laughs> I'm saying like, yeah, no, you have to think it's, part, it's part of the journey though, you know what I mean? So yeah, man, so hitting Forbes, basically what happened with Forbes was um, my publishing company had put out stuff anyway as they do. So they'd put out stuff around my books and, and about you know, like my success. But what the, one of the editors at Forbes picked up that Whenever I spoke around success, it was less about my net worth, more, more, it was more about my self-worth. Mm -hmm. Social capital. Right, and yeah. certainly, and it was definitely more about having emotional and spiritual wealth over mm -hmm. financial wealth. Yeah. So, like I say, like financially I'm fine, but being financially stable doesn't mean that I'm stable as a human no, being. definitely not. So, so Forbes picked up that, so he, the guy from Forbes gave, like, called me for an interview and was you know, speaking about my network, my network and my network and so on. But I'm saying, but all I was literally saying to him is, success is more about what it feels like than what it looks like. Because if I really wanted to show my wealth, then I probably wouldn't be living where I live. Yeah. I'd probably well, be somewhere this else. is it, isn't it? You know yeah. I mean, I'd be on a, I'd be on a yacht, yeah. full of gallon, full of gallon bikinis. It's about inside. Exactly, so you know, it's very much how, so they're really impressed with that. Because Forbes tend to showcase, say, millionaires yeah. around their, their yachts, their, yeah. and all the other bits. But I, I, it's really important to me that 
we go beyond that and start to look at people's emotional, yeah. emotional wealth and spiritual wealth over just their financial wealth. And I didn't want to be just that, that normal stat, oh, another black man from Hansworth, you know, um, rags to riches story. Yeah, made, or, made it at the ghetto. Yeah, made it, so made, made, it, made it at the ghetto, made some money, blah, blah, blah. I didn't yeah. want to be that guy because I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? I really wanted people to understand that this is part of a journey, it's a deeper process, it's a deeper thing than just having money. Do you think that's what attracted Forbes to you? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because we're going into an era of, it's, I wouldn't say material world's going to fade out, because we're going to always need material possessions to live. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way society's built. But I think we're going into a more, we're going into a more society after lockdown. It's all about the spiritual wealth. People are taking Certainly, notice yeah. of mental health now, and it's not about what you have, or you know, it's about who's around you, you know, you know, the connections, the meaningful relationships you have. Certainly. That's what it's about now. Um, I've always been about that. Obviously, I've always been about um, my money because I've, I've had to financially look after myself from a young age. So I've always been I'm focused on that. But I've always been humble and I've always known it's all about what's going on inside. So Certainly. I think um, it's good that a lot more people are becoming more aware. And yeah. I think, with so I think with social media, there's always going to be that push to, to look great. Yeah, cause, well, cause people I think are... that's life though. Aesthetics is, I think it's a good, we're art, humans like creativity mm. and art. So I think that's what comes with it. But I'm saying with social media, there's always going to be that push to, to look great. And by, by looking great, you also feel great. So that's not really a problem. Yeah. I think the problem lies when people aspire to, to look great rather than feel great. Because, that's yeah. what, because that is what you're seeing. So you're seeing, yeah. you're, you're seeing um, all the material, material things, but you, what you're not seeing is the, the blood, the sweat and the tears. What's going on inside. Exactly. So mm. um, I think social media has a part to play, but once again, social media plays a great part, you know, if, if, you, use it, if you use it well. Yeah, I agree. So um, it's, it's important for me in terms of work-life balance, and that's what it really comes down to, to balance. So I've, I've managed to manage my life very well and balance my life very well. Like, I literally don't do more than four hours work a day, period. Four hours and me done. You know sure. what I mean? So you're... <laughs> right, and this is... What, Soon. So no, this, this I'm is, not getting there. I'll you, get there. No, no, I'm saying this hour is part of the four hours. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> it's And that's because the rest of my time, I have to use it for all the things that really, really matter, which right. is like my family, my kids, yeah. my grandkids, and all other things that, that, that allow me to be balanced and stable because you know the reality is you can work so 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 hard and become so unhealthy you never be able to enjoy it you can work so hard like most of our parents did they worked up till 55 60 and by the time they retire it's just literally, literally to sit down to chill so you know it's, it's it's about enjoying the enjoying the life that we have now you know however you see fit to enjoy your life but getting that balance correct yeah. not you know not necessarily working hard but working smart yeah, smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go into your biographies now, your books, author, you know, um, very successful, if I do so. Yeah, they've been... Well. In Walmart, all around the yeah. world, Australia and all that. Yeah. You know, he's doing his thing across the globe. I like it. It's good, man, to expand. I really like that. Tell us where it started, Terry. So the, my, the first book, which is obviously now... I'm famous, I've read that book. Now yes. I'm famous, which is, yeah, it's, yes. you know, it's, got, some, it's got some gems in here. So basically, now I'm famous. That came about in 2018, 2019, just after my brother Stead passed away. So that was part of my therapy because I, um, I, I felt like I was being 
I felt like my mental health was being challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, so which now my mental health has now become my mental wealth. So during that challenging time, it was good for me to write. Mm-hmm. Like, write. I loved reading, but I was never really a writer or such. So I started to write more, write more. And I thought, let me just put out my, um, my autobiography, which is very much my story, which speaks in depth about the great fun time, but also speaks in depth about the very dark days that I've had and the things, the mistakes I've made in life. And it's just kind of being open because I think growing up, or certainly in my latter years, when other people were allowed to tell my story. And to be fair, um, a lot of my own pains are to my own detriment. I made some silly mistakes growing up. But um, it was very much still somebody else's story. And I think to be able to also clarify some of the stories, actually either to dismiss Mm. or clarify some of those stories that were said previously, I say it myself. Yeah. And I always say... Do you think accountability is important? Hell yes. Yeah. I, they always say, like, once you accept your flaws, nobody can use them against no. you. And enough of my flaws are in this mm-hmm. book. Um, and it's, it's out there. You know, I think once it's out, it's like a weight off your shoulder. It's yeah. out there. You it's know, there. You, can always, you can always quote me, in it? Because yeah. I've said it in my book. Yeah. So I can't lie, because I've said it. Do you think that was the start off of going on to... 30, 60 days? 365, 365 days of truth, days yeah. 365 days of truth and then going on to your yeah. youth planner. Because I think after, the, after, the now I'm fa- after Now I'm Famous, I, well, actually, just at the same time, with Now I'm Famous, I got a publishing deal for three books anyway. So with the publishing deal, they wanted three books, any three books, ah. but it weren't necessarily going to be the three books that I put out because I had different books that I've started to write. And, but, so I had a bit, bits of writing block or different things came into my life so I was una- unable to finish them. So be that, you know, family issues or my mum's passing. So I was, I was unable to finish the books that I've started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and even then I realised then it's got to be organic. Yeah. What comes then comes then. Yeah. So it just so happens that the success of Now I'm Famous, um, like literally worldwide, um, every, Australia, India, China, everywhere, the success of Now I'm Famous. And people just think, OK, who's this guy? And then secondly, I think if you if you Googled me, you would have been able to relate the name Terrence Wallen to other stories yeah. in, the, in the media. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with that then, I think people thought, okay, let me buy the book, let's let hear. Buy the book, let's hear his side. Yeah, definitely. Let's hear his side. So okay. it works, you know, media's media, so it works. And then with 365 Days of the Truth now, it's also part of my old personal therapeutic process was to give myself positive affirmations every day to get myself out of a very, very dark place where I felt like I'd literally lost control. Mm-hmm. And I'm so used to being in control. You know, if all your life you've been very much in control of yeah. your surroundings, in control, and, and your friends and your peers and your family see you as that, that yeah, guy. Person, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're no longer that guy and then they can see, and even if you're pretending, they can still see it. So you know, I did a whole period of faking, so to speak, but my real ones could see this is this ain't it's the Terry that we know, something's going on. So with that, I started to write every day. And I literally had to write and read stuff and get up every morning, look in the mirror and say to myself, you know, I am, I, always, I used to love to do the I am, you know. I am great, I am worthy, and so on and so on. And with that, literally through this whole year, even though I did it for more than a year, of reading stuff and putting out positive affirmations every day, I started to put it out on my, on my WhatsApp, WhatsApp every single yeah. day. Every day, every single day, every single day. And it was, you know, people were sort of messaging me back, saying, ah, oh, this is great, it's great. But I think what, what a lot of people didn't realise, it was that I was in therapy and it was my therapy. And just like education, 
I don't rely on the education system or the schools to father or to or to father or to educate my child. They do their bit, but when my child comes home, he, they also have to learn. So same with therapy. Me, myself being in counselling, which I'm cool about, I'm cool about being in counselling, and I'm even. I think I'll just stay in counselling because I like it, um, and they like me. So I think like being in counselling, it helped me to go to counselling, speak to a total stranger for an hour about whatever I want to speak about yeah. and come home and speak to myself. Yeah. And it was just about getting that balance right. Yeah. Getting that balance right. So I didn't just rely on the counselling to help me get through my days. I did help myself, yeah. self-help. And so it's literally just the truth and some of the some of the stuff is literally how my day went. If I got up and had a shitty day, uh, can I say shitty? I've said it twice now. Say what you like. Okay, bleep it out. No, okay. That's make you have loads of bleeps. It's real and raw. Okay, so, <laughs> I, so 365 days is like, it's on my shitty days are in here. I speak about the great stuff. I speak about how I feel. I speak about relationships. I speak about everything really. And that's what this is a book about. And you can just, it's a, it's a page, it's a page of that. You have that. one, right? No, yeah, yeah, but I haven't started it yet. I've okay. got so much going on. I'm going to read it this, I'm definitely going to read it this summer, but I kind of get that from you because I've got your number, have I? So I see, I get. I okay, so you see, yeah, you see it. Yeah. yeah. Though, Though not everything I put on my on, on my daily status is in the book, so you, you must read the book as well. No, 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 I will, I will, I will read the book. Right. Yeah. So yeah, ninety days of truth. Tell us a bit of that. Yeah, the, the ninety day truth planner is really a bomb planner, which is basically lovely, bright yellow, which you know suggests energy and brightness. And really, this is very much a planner of a difference. The planner, it's not only about business; it's about getting the balance right. And that's the reason why I would say my plan is, is a truth planner, which is kind of separate. Because I have a planner myself, but which I've used. I saw I think we all should have that. I agree. And it's good to document yeah. and, you know, but I think with the difference with my planner, and I'm not just saying to sell it, because I, I enjoy, I think people should, everyone should have a planner. Not just mine, I have, I have a planner. Everybody, yeah. But I think my planner is, though it tells you around your goals and your achievements, you must also be able to document your feelings and take time out for the other things. So whereas, most planners, you know, put two hours on to do this topic or do that topic. I'm also telling you to find time to to breathe, yeah. find time to appreciate nature, find time to meditate, find time to pray, yeah. take turn off social media for an hour or message five loved ones in your phone. So there's a lot of well-being. Loads and loads of well-being, and that's what the that's why the the planner has been so successful because it's slightly different from the majority of planners on the market. And um, I need to get one. Yeah, you do. So um, I need to get the whole the collection, don't I? Yeah. So the planner, the planner works in terms of getting getting the balance right in your life. And I, really my planner works is because it's something that I've tried and tested. It's not something that I've just thought up. This is what I've been doing. I've been finding that balance correctly in my life to to be able to turn it into a planner. So though I got one foot in business, I'm still very much a humble, level guy who still takes the time out to not just chase the bag and chase the money, but also to chase spiritual and emotional wealth, to love my family and to be a, try and be an upstanding guy. You know I think I mean? that's what you need, balance and humbleness. And Certainly. It's key, isn't it? 100%. I think we need a bit of, don't be too modest, but it does help, I think. Yeah, of course it does. I think we have to, you, you, I think in this day, in this day and age now, there's so much, so much, because there's a lot going on, everything's fast, isn't it? Everything is fast. Fast food, fast travel, <laughs> fast music, fast, fast, TV, fast Wi-Fi, yeah. fast TV. Everything's fast in it, and I just think we have to find a chance to slow down, down, slow down, and find ourselves. Because you know we could we could literally burn out, and you literally can burn out. But with with the 
planner. Nine today, truth planner. Gives <laughs> <laughs> gives you a chance to um, slow down and just look how look how your days are in terms of the balance of your days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Chasing the bag is is one thing, but you could chase that bag and get the bag and never be able to carry it. Um, so Terry, um, you mentioned a bit of where we're going to go back now because you know how it's about well-being, which where you yeah. got now. Yeah, you've become this self-made entrepreneur. You've got hands in a few pies, businesses, community. You've got organisations as well, in, AIDS. In a few patties. In a few patties. Not, pie, not, <laughs> not pies. All right, patties, beef, chicken, selfish, <laughs> yeah. You've got your hand in a few pies. You do a lot, work with a lot with AIDS. HIV AIDS, yeah. HIV, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that came about, my friend passed away of um, the latter stage of HIV, we call it now. And that prompted me to set up a charity called Brosis, short for Brothers and Sisters, which specifically deals with African Caribbean living with HIV AIDS. So with that, I threw myself into that line of work, secured you know, millions of pounds to be able to deliver this as a, as using culture as a form of treatment yeah. around the world for yeah. people living with HIV AIDS. Because you know, as a culture, it's not something that we necessarily talk, talk about. about. When's the last time you heard on any talk, on any show, anywhere, just in general, on any media, around the effects of HIV on black people. No. Nobody speaks about it. Mm. We have World AIDS Day in December. You might see a few pictures of Africa, but really that's it's it. It's not diverse enough, isn't it, to the culture? Right. And I think, I think we as a culture have really pushed that to the back of our minds. Even though, you know, we're, we have a lot of hyper-masculinity, you'd think it comes hand in hand. You know, you'd, you'd think it comes hand in hand, but evidently... It's culture though, when it installed in us, I think it's our... Yeah. So with that charity work, it's done great. You know, I mean, I'm in um, Namibia, I'm in Malawi, and I'm obviously here in the UK, just supporting people with HIV. So there's a, it's like a whole network of, um, you know, clinical practitioners, nurses, doctors, and it works. You know, and in Africa, we actually do a tournament called the Pomadzi Cup, which Pomadzi means togetherness. So we, we do a cup, which literally it's like a tournament, it's like the, um, the World Cup of. Namibia, and, <laughs> sorry, Malawi, and we um, we mobilise the hospitals to on site. You know, we've we've been to we've used the Namibia National Stadium. Um, we've used like an open, massive open acres of land in Malawi where we've turned it into a football pitch, um, which we've developed, and we have like you know, thousands because it's a free event, so thousands come, and all the hospitals and the clinics and everyone mobilises also there, so you can come and get free testing. Free, Everything's there, so it's, it works out for us because then we know the reality is if you were to give if you were to given any amount of money, you're more likely to going to buy food than go and get yourself checked. Checked, yeah. Which is the reality that of it. Sense. So by mobilising having a free event, which is the the means of engagement, it then brings everyone in, and then the hospitals can come on site and do their testing and then signposting those who have, you know we've done it, and the results have always been massive, like thousands turn out to be HIV positive that that never knew. And that would never have known had that event not taken place because they'd never get tested. Mm. So yeah, that's part of my whole, you know, so that's also, amazing, that, yeah. a part of that in my, a sort of my humanitarian area, which is probably, people may not think so, but my humanitarian side probably more, is more bigger and it means more to me than yeah. my business side. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think my business takes care of itself, doesn't it? I think being a humanitarian, it's, it's for me to take care of others. And my business takes care of itself. So. Yeah. so yeah, so I do lots of other different, um, you know, Jamaica, we have, I'm not, well, my parents are Jamaican, both my mum and my dad. So I do lots of stuff around sponsoring schools in Jamaica and stuff. So yeah, man. You're back and forth. Back and forth, yeah. I just, I just love, I, I love my humanitarian work. They're, they're, they're in a, they're in a, 
I don't know, that, that lovely feeling you get when you're doing stuff like that. It's it's unbelievable, you know what I mean? And that's that's when I feel, to be fair, that's when I feel like where the real value is in being Terence Wallen. It's yeah. it's what I can do with either my success or what I can do with my popularity, just to bring about change somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's not about creating followers. You know what I mean? Wow. A, a real leader builds other leaders. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what we, and that's what we do around the world. Like we create other leaders yeah. uh, and if you notice I say we because it is a we, we that think, yeah, we create we other leaders. different things to the table as yeah. leaders and we're all good in different departments I think. Exactly. Um, I want to go back on, yeah so you got out of, because you know it's about mental well-being mm -hmm. and stuff, you said that you're very high, you've got a very, um, you've got a celebrity um, ex-partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of what was said was, would you say it was surrounded? Because I knew about you through that. Okay, okay. So I knew of you. Yeah. Like, I didn't know you, but I knew, okay, because of that yeah, story. Yeah. You had, how did that affect you, the negativity, and how did you come back from that? Because you said that you brought up a <coughs> nice community, but how did, how did that experience, would you say it's just a childhood thing and you was a young and... Well, I think, to be fair, being from hands of such a close net, so nothing gets past nobody, everybody talks, everybody gets... <laughs> and that period of my life, it, it taught me so, so, so much of my, about myself. You know I mean, like, on the back end of it. So even during the process of, you know, the media, outside my house, all the other bits and bobs, it allowed me to self-reflect because I had to realise that that one, I'm human, two, I'm gonna make mistakes as life goes on, but three, it's more important that I recognize the mistakes that I'm- Accountability again. That I'm making, yeah. yeah. And to be accountable for my errors. So, and it was never, you know, you can look back through the history of media, we're talking about a good 20 years back yeah. now. Um, if you can look back through the history of the media, you know, you, I never made bad statements, never- No, I didn't hear nothing from never, you, just- Never, you never, I'm too, <laughs> I understand what it's like to be a mother, and I understand that what it's like for me to be wrong and to perpetrate my bad behaviour on someone else. So what is there for me to say other than sorry? What is there for me to yeah, do? And so my take on it was very much get myself sorted and seek forgiveness, yeah. and which I did, and yeah. which I got. Yeah, you did, because you turned your life right. around. So it's and I also got forgiveness from, from the people I've, I've hurt. Because I've always said, like, though I've been the hero in many stories, I've also been the villain yeah. in other people's lives. And I have to accept that. I think we all have in a certain way. Some yeah. people like to, it, it, sometimes it's um, a defence mechanism, it's mm. like a reaction, whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. But we've, you know, we've all played a villain in someone's life, but I think it's about taking accountability Certainly. for it. It's Certainly. not the problem. It's never the problem, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. how we deal with problems. Exactly. Do you, yeah, do you understand? True, yeah, yeah. Problems are part of what's, yeah. especially in the society we live in, we can't, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not designed for us to go straight and narrow and be okay all the time. No, it's not going to be like that. So how we deal with them things when it doesn't go okay is vital. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing. And I say it at work as well, when, you know, I work in psychiatric ward when they yeah. kick off. So you can kick off all you want, but how are we going to do going forward? So in terms of effect, it did affect, it did affect, it affected me, it affected people around me. Yeah. But um, it was lessons for us all to learn though. Like lessons for us all to learn. It was a lesson for me to learn, lesson for the people who, perhaps see me as this golden child to realise that behind closed doors I wasn't, wasn't that going. So yeah. it was a lesson for them as well, to learn that, okay. It's not what, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, what he portrays to us is because of my relationship with him. Him is different. Right, yeah. so, you know what I mean? My energy with you is going to be different from my energy with somebody else. Yeah, I think everyone's right, like that. Right, so, <laughs> so with that said, I think it was a lesson for us all to learn. Um, even um, herself, 
you know, she would have learned a lot, lot of lessons yeah. through that time as well, you know, um, her strengths and her weaknesses. Yeah. You know, and as as a as a black strong as a strong black woman, yeah. you know, she's she's come out she's come out of such a bad situation which I have to be I have to take responsibility for in terms of those bits. Back then. Back yeah. then. And um and she's come out flying colours, you know, as a solid human being. Yeah. So we both we both learn because if you look at it now, look at we both are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just lessons, man. Just lessons. Definitely, just I agree. lessons. I agree. So what's in store for the future of Terry Wallen? Any more books to come? Any yeah, more? I have about humanitarian work, Wally. business ventures. Yeah, I got a few. I have um, I have a app. I got an app coming out called the Truth App. It's coming, which is literally a combination of all three books. So you get instead of so, so, so for should I wait for the app then? Should I just wait for the app? <laughs> no, well, well, you're fortunate to have my WhatsApp. <laughs> so I mean, like instead of just a WhatsApp, you're going to get it via app, and okay. you're going to get messages, you're going to yeah. get prompts, and so on and so on, and a few tools. So I got my app coming out. I got Truth Water, which is literally a a water brand of water, which is um, it's less about making them out of water, but my the back of it is to create truth wells, which is just free access to water in third world countries. So I'll be putting them in, in the countries I already work in. So there'll be access to free water in Jamaica and Namibia and Malawi. So it's just building taps basically in, in, in inner city areas, predominantly in rural areas, but yeah. So it's Truth Water. So I've got Truth Water coming out, the Truth app. What else I've got doing? Obviously my humanitarian work won't stop. I've got about another four books. I've got a title called um, How I Became King. Yeah. That is really to empower black men. Um, black boys, black men, you know, like to take ownership mm -hmm. of your kingship, yeah. you know, and this is my crown today, yeah. like your baseball caps, your crown, whatever it is you want to wear. So it's about, you know, how I became king. I've got that book coming out. Um, I have the phytology of fatherhood. So it's not the psychology, the phytology, yeah. and just about how the, sometimes like the, the struggles of being a father. I like that. The struggles of being a father. So I've got the phytology of fatherhood. And I got a, my other book, which is called The Poor Millionaire. And this is all exclusive, by the way, so no one knows about these. I'm just giving oh, I've got something exclusive then. Yeah, all three exclusive, because I, I never yes. give out my titles. So here we are for you. But I mean, yeah, I got a, a, another book called Poor Millionaire, which is literally similar to what we spoke about today. Yeah. It's regardless Spiritual. of what my status is. It can be a poor, you can be a poor millionaire. Spiritual privileges as well, isn't it? Yeah. Terry, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Made it, yeah? I made it. <laughs> Look out for Terry Wallen. Okay. More to come. Yep. And, and yeah. thank you and thank the team and I want to thank my team as well because I've got a beautiful team behind me. I could never got here without them. Impossible. Don't be fooled by me being the face of this. Yeah. I have a fantastic team behind me yeah. it makes it all work. I think we all have people to support us. I've had got a good You'd be surprised that some of us don't. Yeah, and all when they're still yeah, you'd yeah. be surprised. Some people I've have... had to find my way. Yeah. People that I've had around me that wasn't supposed to be around me, but you've got to find your way and listen, learn and learn it's and it. know what's good for you. And... But I generally believe I've got the best team in the world. I'll just, just put it out there. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Thanks yeah. for watching. Bye. <laughs>